It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now. I'm starving. On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast presented by DraftKings. This is the best fantasy podcast in the galaxy. The show that's so nice, we do it twice during the season. Always give you the Thursday nighter and the Sunday 1 p.m. games here on episode one. Episode two, we give you the Sunday late games, the Sunday nighter, the Monday nighter. We try to keep the shows to about 30 minutes or so across the Ross Tucker podcast network. So that's why we make these a little more easily digestible for you. We do have huge breaking news at the start of today's episode. Aaron Rodgers. Test positive for COVID. He is out for the game against the Chiefs. We will obviously dive into that one in depth on episode two that we'll post on your podcast app shortly after midnight Pacific time, 3 a.m. Eastern time. We don't want any of your podcast apps to get crazy because we posted two episodes on the same day. When I say we, I mean me, at Ross Tucker NFL, the former NFL offensive lineman, You can check me out on social media, like I said, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, bunch of shows. Ross Tucker Football Podcast is daily and awesome. Even Money Podcast, killing it this year. It always does. And then, of course, Andrew Brandt's got the business of sports. And Emery Hunt does a terrific job on the College Draft Podcast. But the guy who kills it every episode, Joe Dolan. He never disappoints. You know I say on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast? It's never just any Ross Tucker football podcast because I'm always going to bring it for you. That's what I think of when I think of Joe Dolan. He has never not brought the knowledge and the energy at FG underscore Dolan because he is known throughout the galaxy as the fantasy gangster. You should, of course, join your brethren and go to fantasypoints.com and use the code 21FEAST. Joe, I don't like to dilly-dally. I like to get right into it because I like the knowledge, and I like knowing what you're doing Thursday night football with the phenom that is Mike White. Oh, Mike White. Yeah, he's put up uh, a lot of numbers. Unfortunately, Ross, I was not the gentleman who placed $1,000 on Mike White to lead all quarterbacks in passing in week uh, in week eight, which paid 125 to one. Ross, 125 times 1,000. I'm going to give you a little math test here. It's 125,000. I did not make that wager. Um, uh, Mike White uh, comes out, and he is on fire. Mike White, though, here's the, the big thing from the big takeaway for fantasy from my perspective. Mike White has thrown 77 passes over the past two games. 34 of them have been directed at running backs. 34. Michael Carter, who has 22 of them himself and Ty Johnson. Um, Michael Carter is now a slam dunk RB2, especially with his involvement in the passing game. We still don't know about the status of Corey Davis, who missed last week with a hip injury. Um, He was up in the air. So, I mean, here on Wednesday, we're going to get an injury report a little bit later today. But I would consider him truly questionable at this point. Um, And, Ross, do you know who led the Jet wide receivers in routes run in week number eight? 
I think I saw this somewhere. I don't want to steal your thunder, but yeah. was it was it the artist formerly known as Denzel Mims? It's a he's back. He's he's now the he's now Denzel Mims again. Yeah. So and apparently Brian Costello, who's covered the Jets for a while, has reported that they resisted overtures to trade Denzel Mims at the trade deadline. So just a little something to watch for those of you in keeper leagues. If I'm playing a wide receiver in this game, though, I'm still trusting Jamison Crowder overall. Uh, and that is, of course, if Corey Davis doesn't play. OK, let's talk Colts. T.Y. Okay. Hilton is out for this mm-hmm. game. Carson Wentz is in. Carson Wentz has played pretty well this year, Joe, but he had a couple of Wentzian moments at the end of that game against the Titans, which could end up being the difference between them winning the division or not. Yeah. But it just means that he has that in his DNA and will never, ever fully be able to get rid of it. It might not. uh, It might not. He might be able to keep it under control at some point. But he's like a werewolf. That full moon's going to come out every now and again, you know, once a month. Um, and look, I, Ross, he has played under control for much of this year. Uh, let me let me just call it like I see it. I thought he was terrible in that game. Like, I, I know the interceptions were bad, but I thought he was missing throws. Like, I mean, just um, it was one of those ones that actually had the Indianapolis media being like, oh, you know, is it time to bench him to protect the first round pick? Let's look at this from a fantasy perspective. I think the Colts and Frank Reich and Wentz are going to respond to the criticism. I actually think they're going to come out and run the football this year, this week. You know, the Jets have given up the most fantasy points to running backs. Um, I think it's a huge Jonathan Taylor game. There's really only two Colts that I want to play for fantasy. Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. And for better or worse, and we saw the for worse part of that at the end of that game in overtime, Carson Wentz forces the ball to Michael Pittman. He said on the broadcast after Sunday night football in that monsoon against San Francisco, Wentz was like, you know, I like throwing it to him because I don't have to be perfect, you know, and I can trust him to make a play. Um, we saw the good part of that against San Francisco when Wentz was playing in a driving rainstorm and the ball's just squirting out of his hands and Michael Pittman is going up and he's sunning people, you know, on the on the touchdown catch against San Francisco. We saw the bad part of that on the interception in overtime where Wentz throws it into triple coverage. But from a fantasy perspective, I like when my quarterbacks force a ball to a certain receiver because I know I can play that receiver. Good point, Joe. You're right. That is who he tries to for. And by the way, Pittman's made a lot of plays for him. Let's talk Falcons Saints. There's a lot to get to here. You know, we found out late in the week last week, Calvin Ridley's out essentially indefinitely with mental health issues. And then for the Saints, they've got no Jameis Winston. So we got a lot of people, Joe, with questions about Falcons and Saints from a fantasy perspective. We need you to have answers. And another pro- and another piece of news uh, today from the Saints, Michael Thomas is officially out for the season. Um, uh, he was somebody I wasn't drafting at all. Um, and now he's officially out for the year. He announced he had a setback. He will not be back. The Saints do not have pass catchers. Now the question is, for the Saints, and, and it's not one we can answer on Wednesday, and it's one Sean Payton refused to answer today. Who is their quarterback? Uh, and we don't, we're not 100% sure of that. Uh, is it going to be Trevor Simeon, who quarterbacked them, played pretty well, cold, quarterbacked them to a win against the Buccaneers, or is it going to be Taysom Hill? We know Taysom Hill is a fantasy difference maker. That might not mean he's a real-life difference maker, but he's a fantasy difference maker. If you need a quarterback, uh, Ross, I just got outbid for him in one of my leagues where I'm loaded everywhere except quarterback, and I am sick about it because I thought he could be the final piece to put me over the top. 
Um, are they going to call Philip Rivers? Apparently, Philip Rivers would listen. So we don't know who the Saints' quarterback is going to be right now. Uh, let's just let's just make this simple. We only have thirty minutes here. Alvin Kamara or bust. And if Taysom Hill plays, then Taysom Hill is a viable fantasy quarterback. But we just don't know that on Wednesday. What about for the Falcons on the other side? Um, so here's interesting. With Calvin Ridley uh, out this year, uh, Kyle Pitts has played ex- almost exclusively wide receiver. So he's one of those tight ends like Mike Kosicki, who's literally just separating from the formation at all times. And though he only played about 30% of the snaps in last week's game against the Falcons, the Carolina Panthers chose often when he was in the game to match up Stephon Gilmore on, on Kyle Pitts. Stephon Gilmore... His interception, his first interception as a Panther, came in coverage of Kyle Pitts. I wonder if the Saints are going to use Marshawn Lattimore on Kyle Pitts. Because who else are you using him on? Russell Gage wasn't even targeted last week, despite Calvin Ridley being out. You you know, uh, Tajay Sharp? Like, I I mean, this is a really bad receiving core right now. So I think Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson are going to continue to be the two most important players for the Atlanta Falcons. Patterson um, will run some wide receiver routes, I think. Um, you know, Ridley, they, I don't think they necessarily game plan to not have Ridley. Ridley practiced last week and then was a surprise inactive on Sunday. They're going to be able to pr- plan for life without Calvin Ridley this week, and I think it's going to involve a whole heap and helping of Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson. You know, you mentioned um, talking about those guys. Uh, you know, I'll tell you right now, I could not do without two FDA-approved medications that can prevent hair loss and keeps offers both. You know, there's other people that probably talk about it. I've been using keeps, I think, since basically they started because I'd already been using those medications. I don't know why, by the way, some people are, like, hesitant to talk about this. Like, we can see if you're losing your hair. It's kind of obvious. Like, it's not something you need to hide or be secretive. It happens to a lot of men. Two out of three men will experience some form of hair loss by the time they're 35. Hand raised. I'm one of them. I'm not ashamed of it. I'm pretty happy with how things worked out from a genetic standpoint. If losing my hair is one of the negatives, okay, I'll deal with it. With medication that I get from keeps, that's the key. If you're ready to take action like I did years ago and prevent hair loss, I wish I had done it even earlier, go to keeps.com slash feast to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's K-E-E-P-S dot com slash feast to get your first month free. Keeps.com slash feast. All right, Joe. Boy, I already have three, three potential social media clips from you already. You're on fire. By the way, if you're ever watching the show on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, and you see me looking down and typing or looking over, over here's where I have the schedule. So I'm looking at the schedule for the next game for Joe. Here is when I'm taking my notes to have intern Casey cut for social media because Joe says something particularly interesting or insightful. Let's get to Denver at Dallas. Looks like Dak Prescott will yeah. be back, Joe. Well, and, and here's just where I'm going to wax uh, a little uh, philosophical about what the Cowboys should do. Now, I am not in that building. I don't know what Dak Prescott's status is. 
But when you get that surprise win with Cooper Rush playing pretty well, the Cowboys have the luxury of not rushing Dak Prescott back because right now you're in a division with three rebuilding teams, the Eagles, the team, and the Giants. So you you have a lead in that division. You're the only team really that's positioned to make any sort of run whatsoever in that division. They don't have to be foolish with Dak Prescott now. They can – because what – I mean, could you imagine if they if they rush him back and he re-injures that and tanks their season? I mean, so just keep in mind, just just to, to throw it out there, I'm not making the decisions for the Cowboys, but if I have Dak Prescott, I, I would be saying, okay, they kind of got that surprise win. Cooper Rush played pretty well. They could do that again. Now, for the Cowboys – they're 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 pretty cut and dry. I, I know like the volume hasn't been there all season for Cooper and Lamb, but you just saw what they did against the Vikings with a backup quarterback. You've got to play those guys. I mean, you there's just no there's no other approach. Dalton Schultz got seven targets. He only caught two of them, but maybe that could be owed to the backup quarterback factor. And then there's Zeke Elliott, who you've got to play as well. Um, obviously, the ceiling of this offense is raised if Dak Prescott plays. Um, but just keep that in mind that, you know, uh, by the way, an easier matchup now because Von Miller's not there. Um, just keep that in mind that the Cowboys have the luxury of not having to rush Dak Prescott back if he's not close to 100%. Again, I don't have any insight on his injury at all. I'm just saying that that is what the luxury uh, gives them. And for a guy who suffered a serious injury last year, it's just uh, it, it, it's something that maybe they are considering internally. What about the Denver Broncos on the other side? They're they're offensively challenged. Uh, well, unfortunately, Teddy Bridgewater started to look like Teddy Bridgewater here the last couple of weeks, where he's you know he makes some throws, but there's throws he can't make, and and ultimately he's a solid player, but little more. The backfield is the same exact damn backfield that it's been all season. No, neither one of these guys is fading. Neither one of Melvin Gordon or Javante Williams is is running away with the job. So it's still going to be a 50-50 split. And if you have one of them on your roster, you kind of know where they stand on your roster. A couple of things to point out. Jerry Judy was back this week, played a lot in the slot. Tim Patrick ran more routes than both Jerry Judy and Courtney Sutton. Wow. He's well, good. Jared, yeah, he is good. I mean, but it, it makes things complicated for fantasy. Uh, uh, Judy did play a little bit of a limited role, though. Um, uh, just seeing him get through that game was a good thing. He was at 72% of the snaps. So I think it's probably going to be a higher percentage of the snaps here going forward. And if you have uh, Noah Fant for fantasy, his production – in games that Albert Okwebunam, Okwebunam, it's one of the two, Albert O, in games when Albert O plays, Noah Fant's production has been not good. It's gone down the last couple of times. Albert O outgains uh, Noah Fant in that game. Um, it's, uh, yeah, by the way, here it is. Here's the stat I was looking for. I was just digging through all my files. A season-low 21 routes for Noah Fant in that game. And in the four full games that they have played together, Fant has run a route on 69% of the Broncos' pass plays. Uh, and in the games that Alberto didn't play, Fant, Fant ran a route on 84% of their pass plays. So Alberto turns Fant into a part-time player. Interesting. Okay, let's keep it moving and get to the Patriots and the Panthers. There's talk of McCaffrey potentially practicing mm -hmm. today. 
Darnold's in the concussion protocol. You know, we're at that stage of the year, Joe, where there's Wednesday questions for every team. I mean, there's like legitimate things I need your input on on every team. Like we're, we're, we're almost past the part where it's like, I mean, there's still some teams where it's like, okay, you're playing, you know, Jamar Chase or whatever, but it just seems like there's more questions right now. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, let's make it simple for the Carolina Panthers. I don't care who's playing quarterback. Um, there's two guys you can consider for fantasy, and one of them is conditional. First and foremost, Robbie Anderson just had his best game of the year. He was only targeted once. He didn't catch it, but at least they weren't filtering him eight targets and not him not catching any. So that was the the the, the most impact positive impact he's made all year because he was barely out there. Um, there's two guys you can play: DJ Moore, who his numbers have gone way down. Uh, DJ Moore over their first four games was the overall wide receiver four. Over their last four, he's the overall wide receiver forty-seven um, because Sam Darnold is not a good quarterback. Um, and the other guy you can play is either McCaffrey. If McCaffrey's back, you play him. Like, there's no, well, you know, yeah. no. If, if McCaffrey's back, you play him. If Matt McCaffrey doesn't play, you play Chuba Hubbard. One thing to point out about Chuba Hubbard, though, last week, they just don't trust this guy in the passing game, which is why he's not a true fill-in for CMC. Amir Abdullah plucked him off the couch. He's out there playing on third downs, catching passes. Chuba Hubbard uh, in that game gets two targets and one reception. Amir Abdullah gets five targets and three receptions. Amir Abdullah gains 66 yards from scrimmage to 91 for Chuba Hubbard. So Chuba Hubbard, though he got 24 carries, was actually a part-time player. What about for the Patriots and what you're seeing from them right now? Um, I'm what I am seeing is Damian Harris is pretty freaking awesome. Um, outside of two games against the league's best run defenses, um, the Bucks and the Saints, Damian Harris is averaging about 85 rushing yards per game. Um, and he's averaging 16 fantasy points per game in his non Saints and Bucks games. You remember that Bucks game? The Patriots actually ran for negative yards in that game. I throw that out the window. Um, when it comes to when it comes to uh, New England, they just came out and said we're not going to run the ball because the Bucks are great at stopping the run, and that's uh, and 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 that's what it is. And I I, I think that just rules it out for Damian Harris overall. This game he's going to run the ball. Um, he's totally fine. Um, he's been a top twenty running back in each of the last three games, including an overall running back three in week number seven. He's the engine that 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 uh, that makes that offense go. Jacoby Myers has yet another difficult matchup in the slot this week. He had one last week against Chris Harris of the Chargers. He's got another one this week. The, the, uh, the Panthers do a great job limiting slot receivers, so he's really a wide receiver three. If you're playing another wide receiver here, I kind of like Kendrick Bourne the best, but um, I, I like I, sometimes, Ross, I'll, I'll gather who I talk about on this podcast by crowdsourcing. I have not gotten asked a whole lot of questions about Kendrick Bourne and Nelson Aguilar this season. I just don't think those guys are on very many fantasy rosters because I think people understand how inconsistent they are and how much it needs to rely on um, just a big play to happen here. But I guess you can make the argument. The problem is that Panther secondary with Stefan Gilmore now in there is a lot tougher to navigate. Yeah, that's a really good point as well. All right, what about... The Vikings and the Ravens. One thing about the Vikings, and I know we talk about Minnesota, you know, being that narrow fantasy team. And if you're just tuning in for the first time, when we say narrow, it means when when a team plays on uh, plays, you know where the fantasy relevant production is coming from. It's not like the Saints 
who pull guys out of, off of bar stools at Tipitina's and just decide that they're going to go in there and score touchdowns. The Vikings are usually the team where, you know, Thielen, Jefferson, Dalvin Cook, Tyler Conklin, maybe occasionally K.J. Osborne are going to make a play. The Bengals are like that this year, um, which is phenomenal. We'll talk about the Bengals here in a little bit. Um, but one thing I do want to point out about Minnesota is how about Dalvin Cook's passing game production? You know, he was the number two overall pick in fantasy consensus because he was a guy who we knew could could produce not Christian McCaffrey levels in the passing game, but he could get up there. He could catch 40, 50 passes. Ross, Dalvin Cook has not topped 20 receiving yards since week one. Hmm. He had zero receiving yards against Dallas. Now, Kirk Cousins did not play well in that game, okay? Let's, let, let's just call it like it is. But he had zero receptions in that game. Dalvin Cook has not had zero receptions in a game since week four of 2018, which is his second game, uh, second year in the NFL. And he was banged up in that game. He was limited in that game. So this is somebody who has always produced in the passing game. And his production has gone down, down, down. Uh, he has not he has not had fewer than 20 yards in three straight games since weeks two through four of last season. So over a calendar year. Um, so this is a little bit disturbing for Dalvin Cook. I still tend to think that this is probably just a blip on the radar, a little bit of a fluke, but just something to keep in mind with Dalvin Cook. You're obviously still playing him. Uh, Kirk Cousins didn't play well um, last week, but um, th th it's just something to point out here. It's not like they have a passing down back. You know, Alexander Madison had two catches, but he only had four touches in that game. Um, so it's just something to point out. Wow, that that is interesting. What about for the Ravens offensively, Joe? Yeah, so the Ravens could get Sammy Watkins back this week. And what, what makes that interesting is I wonder what their wide receiver rotation is going to look like. Because obviously Hollywood Brown has had a phenomenal season. He's had a couple of drops, but he's had a phenomenal season. Rashad Bateman's made some positive plays in his uh, – in his uh, debut, debut the last couple of weeks. But Hollywood Brown has run basically a third more routes than Rashad Bateman. What is the rotation if Sammy Watkins gets back in? Does Bateman start? Does Watkins become kind of a part-time player? It probably gives me enough pause that Bateman's only really a wide receiver three for me. But that being said, you might want to attack this Viking secondary that just got tore up by a backup quarterback making his first start in Cooper Rush. So I think it's possible that you look at this secondary and say, you know what, I understand Sammy Watkins might be back, but I'm going to put Rashad Bateman in my lineup, and I think that's defensible. You're obviously playing Lamar Jackson. You're obviously playing Mark Andrews. The other thing here, what is the backfield going to look like? I mean, they barely ran the ball against Cincinnati. Um, Devontae Freeman had four carries for 14 yards. Tyson Williams had two for 10. Latavius Murray was inactive. Le'Veon Bell had six touches and four yards. I mean, the guy looks like he's on a segue out there. I, and I wonder if Latavius Murray is going to be healthy this week. Does he take back the lead back role? I still contend that the guy who's looked the best in that backfield is Devontae Freeman, which probably says more about the Ravens backfield than it does about Devontae Freeman. So here's the deal, Joe. We like people that overcome the odds, rewrite the playbook, delivering under pressure. The MVPs of small business lead their teams to victory all year long. Visa is proud to provide playmakers everywhere with more tools to help grow their business and help them achieve even greater success because the more people we can empower, the more we all win. Visa, it's a network working 
for everyone. Who's working for everyone in the Browns-Bengals matchup, Joe? Uh, the Browns? Yeah. Um, how about the Odell Beckham situation? Uh. Hey, Ross. Um, have you ever seen the show Justified? No. With, Tim- with Timothy Oliphant and Walton Goggins? Um, so there's a quote from Justified here, and and I'm going to get a little PG-13 on you just because I want to convey the quote. And when a Raylan Givens, who's played by Timothy Oliphant, is uh, talking to talking to, to somebody, um, a, a, a ne'er do well. Let's 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 throw it. There's there's plenty of ne'er do wells in in Justified. Ross, you would love this show. You should check it out. Some of the best writing on television. But anyway, Raylan Givens is a U.S. Marshal, and he's talking to one of the many ne'er do wells that Raylan Givens comes across. And he and he and he. It's a parable, a Raylan Givens parable that he tells this guy. And he goes, if you get up in the morning, and I'm paraphrasing, and you run into an asshole in the morning, you ran into an asshole. If you're running into assholes all day, you're the asshole. (laughs) Odell Beckham Jr., you are the asshole. I mean, like, Ross, it's it's just constant. And look, I understand Baker Mayfield's missed some throws. But I mean, how do you trust this guy right now? Uh, it just like the, there's a pall that goes that goes over this team. And Odell Beckham Jr. I think is flat droppable at this point. I mean, he has fewer than 30 receiving yards in three of his last four games, and it somehow got worse last week. He caught his only target for six yards, except, despite seeing the second highest snap share at the position. The only Brown receiver you can trust right now is Jarvis Landry. The only Brown running back you can trust with Kareem Hunt out is Nick Chubb, even though Dearness Johnson vultured a touchdown from him. I mean, the Browns right now are abysmal. Baker Mayfield's playing hurt. This is a team that's had a lot of bad luck, the Cleveland Browns. And they've honestly, Ross, been a bad fantasy team all year. The Bengals have not, Joe. No, um, they had a bad game last week. Um, The Bengals, uh, well, I mean, they produced for fantasy, but they did not have a good game last week losing to the Jets. Um, But here is the beautiful thing. Joe Burrow has thrown for nearly 700 yards over the last two games, okay? Which makes him fantasy relevant, by the way, quite quite obviously. Um, and by the way, check on the status of cornerback Denzel Ward if you like Jamar Chase this week, and you should like Jamar Chase every week because he's Jamar Chase. Over the past two games, Joe Burrow has thrown for nearly 700 yards. He has totaled, uh, he has, excuse me, targeted a grand total of six receivers over that span. Six. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Jamar Chase, C.J. Uzoma, Samaj Pirine, and Joe Mixon. That's it. Those are the only guys who have been targeted. The only it's Pirine's just kind of a, a change of pace type of guy. Joe Mixon's looked pretty good to me. I mean, those guys, the, those guys you can play every week. Tyler Boyd decided he was going to show up last week and show he had a pulse with five for 69 and a touchdown. Uzama, excuse me, Uzama is a viable tight end streamer. And you know, you have to play T. Higgins and Jamar Chase every week. You play Joe Mixon every week. Uh, Joe Burrow is viable. But this is, see, this is why I like the Bengals. Because I know exactly what I'm going to say about the Bengals every single week on here. A guy throws for nearly 700 yards the past two weeks. With just six receivers targeted. That is beautiful. Buffalo is at Jacksonville. 
You know, the Bills offense wasn't great last week against the Dolphins. No, but, you know, Josh Allen kind of grinds out an elite quarterback day because he runs for 55 yards and a touchdown while also uh, completing uh, uh, two touchdown passes despite throwing for just 249 yards on 42 pass attempts. It was a Cole Beasley game, and those are becoming kind of hard to predict at this point. You know, last year it was Diggs and Beasley and Allen, and that was kind of it. Well, now you've got – Multiple guys also who are involved. Emmanuel Sanders was a huge disappointment against Miami last week. He didn't catch any of his four targets. Gabriel Davis gets in the end zone. Uh, Dawson Knox could be back this week. Uh, but keep in mind, Buffalo is playing a Jet- Jacksonville team that you would assume they think they can blow out of the water and, and they would be right to see that. So maybe you get another week of the peaky blinder Tommy Sweeney in there um, catching passes in, instead of Dawson Knox. Um, I think this could be a Zach Moss game. Zach Moss is clearly their goal line back and their receiving back. The Bills are heavy favorites in this game. Um, Otherwise, I think if if I'm ranking their receivers, it's Diggs, Beasley, Sanders, and Davis. Uh, Beasley started to come on here in recent weeks, and Emmanuel Sanders put up a goose egg in week number eight. What about for the Jags offensively? I, I was thoroughly disappointed. I thought it was maybe Trevor Lawrence's worst game. Yeah, he didn't play great, but you know Marvin Jones is dropping passes. Um, this is just a complete lack of talent. Keep an eye on the status of James Robinson, the running back. Obviously, uh, left last week with, I guess they're calling it a heel injury. They are not so concerned. I think uh, Adam Schefter reported early this week, they think it's a day-to-day thing. He was going to go ham in that game against Seattle. I think he had like 40 yards on the opening drive and then obviously left and then Carlos Hyde. He comes in. (laughs) He comes in and does absolutely nothing. What does it say about how this team feels about LaVisca Chennault? That Urban Meyer last week calls a converted cornerback, Jamal Agnew, their best separator. And then Agnew responds by going out and getting 12 targets just 38 yards receiving, but he scores a touchdown. This team does not think highly of LaVisca Chenault right now. And maybe down the line, somebody will look at LaVisca Chenault and say, you know what? I, that guy can be used like Cordero Patterson. But, I mean, it, it, it's a disaster right now. Marvin Jones has a really difficult matchup against, you know, Tredavious White and Levi Wallace and the cornerbacks there. Um, I, I'm not interested in him. I'm not interested in, tre- in Trevor Lawrence. The guy I'm probably interested in is James Robinson. A little bit of Jamal Agnew, if you want to use him. He had 12 targets last week. And Dan Arnold, the tight end, 8 for 68 on 10 targets. That's a viable fantasy starter right now. Dan Arnold, viable. Love it. All right, what about the 1-7 Texans <laughs> at the 1-7 Dolphins? We know two is the quarterback now for the Dolphins for the rest of the year. They officially did not trade him to trade Deshaun Watson. Who, so weird that they play this week. So interesting. Um, your thoughts on the Texans and the Finns? Uh, well, if the Dolphins don't win this one, uh, full-on panic. I mean, I'm sure Dolphin fans are in panic right now anyway. You know, Tua looked pretty good, I thought, in weeks uh, in weeks six and seven against lesser defenses. And then he comes out against Buffalo, and he goes for 205 on 39 pass attempts. Uh, Devontae Parker was back, and that seemed to siphon some of the targets away from Mike Gesicki, who's been really – remember, I said earlier in the podcast, Gesicki's been playing essentially wide receiver. Well, with Parker and Waddle out there, um, his targets went down. He had only four, while Waddle had 12 and Parker had 11. 
Now, keep in mind, this is a really good matchup. The, the Texans have been hemorrhaging points to tight ends this year. So I think it's a week for Gesicki to get back on track. I hate this backfield. Malcolm Brown goes on IR and Miles Gaskin. He doesn't get a role increase. They're, they're bringing Laird in there. Laird's in there uh, out running routes. Um, Miles Gaskin's a flex at best. I think you can play Devontae Parker. You play Jalen Waddle just because of the target volume. And I actually think in this matchup, Two is a pretty good streaming option um, against the Houston Texans, obviously, who are not very good on defense. So I think the Dolphins have a shot to score points here. I would think the Dolphins are going to win this game for their second win of the year. But this is two two teams on seven-game losing streaks. Uh, uh, what, what's, what's the old adage? This game is scalper's day off. <laughs> I never heard that before. Actually. Yeah. <laughs> they're not scalper's they're, day off. They're not. They're not. They're not turning a profit on this one, Ross. <laughs> What about um? What about Houston? Uh, well, Brandon Cooks had ten receiving yards heading into the fourth quarter, and that was an all-time backdoor cover. The Rams were sixteen and a half point favorites in that game, and they get outscored twenty-two to nothing in the fourth quarter. <laughs> oh boy, I am so glad I did not have a ticket on the Rams as they called off the dogs in that one. Uh, um. Ross, I mean, what do you say? They trade away Mark Ingram and still have a four-man running back rotation led by Rex Burkhead. Oh, Scotty Phillips was out there. Scotty Phillips? Scotty Phillips was out there. Who's that? Exactly. He had the most carries of any Houston Texan. He had five carries. (laughs) Manon. Uh, so, uh, just a disaster. Davis Mills actually, I mean, it was garbage time, but he threw for 310. The Texans for, for me to have any sort of optimism whatsoever about them offensively. And it would be a modicum of optimism. They need Tyron Taylor back and we'll see if he plays this week. We all love hearing Joe's thoughts here on the fantasy feast podcast. You should check out picks wise. It's the number one free app for football picks, odds, and analysis. You can find expert picks for every game all season long, loaded with best bets, props, and parlays. You can find in-depth game predictions giving you the who, how, and why behind every prediction, all for free. Found your pick? Search our latest DraftKings promotions to sign up for an account and place your bet. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. PicksWise backs responsible gambling, gambling problem, Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Joe, the last uh, the last game here in episode one is really a sad one, and I mean that oh. seriously. It is the Las Vegas Raiders at the New York Giants. The Raiders cut uh, Henry Ruggs after the accident earlier this week and the charges against him. Andrew Brandt and I talked about that in depth and at length on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, if people want to hear that. I thought you made a good point on Twitter at FG underscore Dolan about how many cabs and Ubers there are in Las Vegas. Ultimately, as I said on today's Ross Tucker football podcast, it's just incredibly sad, frustrating, disappointing for everybody involved. However, there's still a football game on Sunday. This is how the world works. You still have to go to work. You still have a game and the Raiders no longer have Henry Ruggs on their roster, Joe. What does it mean? I mean, it's just uh, just a 
disgusting situation. I, and I just feel awful for the victim and her family. Just um, when somebody makes an, just an incredibly selfish, stupid, irresponsible decision. Um, and I, I mean, I don't know what else to say about that. Um, it, it honestly, quite frankly, Ross, it sickens me that I have to talk about fantasy football when something like this happens. Um, but you said the Raiders are going to go to work and I'm not going to try to get in the mindset of those Raiders players who have obviously gone through a lot of mental trauma this year themselves, nothing compared to what the victim's family is going through. But I mean, they're going to have to go out and try to play a football game and, Derek Carr is going to have to go out and see, is is Darren Waller going to be back? Is Josh Jacobs going to be back? There's still some questions about that. Um, who Who's he going to go to on the perimeter? You know, does Brian Edwards have to step up here? Hunter Renfro has been kind of a guy who has been a go-to guy for, for Derek Carr. Zay Jones, does he step up? Um, I mean, if I if I'm – Looking at the Raiders from a fantasy perspective, if Darren Waller plays, you have to play him. I understand he's been disappointing, but if he plays, you have to play him. I'm sick about two weeks ago because of the Eagles' dumbass game plan, Ross. If Darren Waller played in that game, he was catching 10 passes. I mean, there, like, there, it, there was no doubt about it, but Foster Moreau showed that if Darren Waller doesn't play, he's a viable starter. So there's that. Um, we'll see about the backfield, but in the post-Gruden era for Vegas, Kenyon Drake's actually looked – a little spry here he's looked pretty good josh jacobs is coming off the chest injury a lot of updates that we need from the raiders this week before we feel any confidence putting any of them into our lineup but you know you just you you look at this situation and you're like oh i cannot believe that we have to talk about a football game after what happened this week with the las vegas raiders good point joe what about on the other side for the giants are they getting uh, healthy? No, they're not. Um, uh, Sterling Shepard is probably going to miss this week with the quad injury. Saquon Barkley could be back. So there, there's that. And then you saw Devontae Booker actually have himself a somewhat Barkley-like game as a receiver with 5 for 65 against Kansas City. Um, uh, Kadarius Tony, it looks like he avoided serious injury. I think his thumb got stepped on. But again, just like he comes back, both he and Sterling Shepard come back from injury and get another injury, a different one. Um, Shepard's probably not going to play. We'll check on the status of Kenny Galladay. Um, Daniel Jones, I thought, played all right, given the circumstances. I don't think anybody's going to be terribly disappointed um, if they started him for fantasy. You might have wanted more, but there was certainly enough there from Daniel Jones to give you some sort of uh, a fantasy performance, and I think he could do the same this week. But just check the status of Barkley, check the status of Galladay. I think, uh, I think Kadarius Tony, though, it looks like he escaped injury, and that makes him viable. I, I know he scored last week, by the way. I still want nothing to do with Evan Ingram. Got it. Well, I want more to do with you, Joe, because we got a bunch of big games Chargers, Eagles, huge Packers news against the Chiefs. We got to go over what the Titans are without Derrick Henry. A lot to get to on episode two of the Fantasy Feast podcast. We will do exactly that, and it'll be in your podcast app by the time you wake up tomorrow morning. I'm stuffed. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker football podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found. 
A lot of times on the show, I mention DraftKings. Here's what you need to know. You got to be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 100Gambler or in Indiana, 109 with it. By the way, if what I was talking about included a deposit bonus, doesn't always. Sometimes it does. Deposit bonus requires 25 times playthrough, and deposit bonuses are paid out in site credit. 